Hello and welcome to another episode of The Arseholics. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, we'd really appreciate you hitting the thumbs up button if you enjoy the episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. Aaron and Raj, how are we doing today, boys? Yeah, good. Good. How are you? We never really ask how you are the podcast. I try sometimes. In like 14 yeah. episodes or whatever yeah. it is. All right, go on. Give us, give us five minutes. Give us five minutes. To tell us. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good. Happy days. It's another happy day. Um, so Arsenal losing at home to Olympiacos today, but going through 3-2 on aggregate. Um, well, I guess we're through, but wasn't really a particularly enjoyable game. Wasn't a very good performance. Um, let's have a look at the lineup then, because there were a few changes again. Some enforced, I guess, Saka, uh, again, wasn't fit, uh, wasn't in the squad. Um, Erdegaard was rested. Uh, Aubameyang came back in the team. Uh, Elneny started in midfield. And the back four remained the same, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, same back, for, well, same centre-back pairing, sorry, for the last three games now. Olympiacos away, then Spurs, Olympiacos again. Well, uh, what were your thoughts on the lineup, guys? Yeah, I, th- I thought it made sense. Um, given, you know, a lot of people were expecting loads more rotation, but actually we couldn't afford to relax too much because this is, you know, our number one priority at the moment and we have to play to get goals. And I thought Pepe starting made sense. You know, let's assume Erdegaard needed a rest. Let's assume Partey needed a rest. It made sense to play players like Elneny and Ceballos because... You know, we weren't desperate for goals and it was more important not to concede rather than to score. So, yeah, I could see the logic behind the lineup. I wasn't really annoyed by it at all. Yeah, I agree with you. No drama with the lineup. It was more intriguing to see how we'd actually set up given there was no obvious number 10. Um, but, but yeah, lineup-wise, perfectly happy with the level of rotation. Cool. I was actually surprised to be honest that he played on any I appreciate that we had a lead to kind of sit on but it almost sent the wrong message in some ways um mm. but yeah I mean it didn't really work out in terms of result um but yeah so in terms of the first half it was I don't think it was a bad half from Arsenal's perspective we seemed to control the game quite well um, I don't think we really dominated possession, but we seemed to allow Olympiacos to have the ball and we looked pretty comfortable. There was one kind of horror moment when the keeper hit it long and not really sure what happened. Seemed to always have one of those moments, at least one of those moments in our games. Um, Gabriel and Luis both sort of just let the ball go straight over their heads. Not really sure who was guilty on that one, but um, luckily Leno saved with his leg one-on-one with um, El Arabi. Uh, very, very lucky, actually, to not concede there. Um, we had a couple of decent chances. I think Abamyang had one. We went, he went through and goal from Ceballos and kind of skewed a toe punch shot. Went over. Uh, how, what were your thoughts on the first half? Well, I think you know the fact that if the first thing you mentioned there was the Olympiacos chance from Route One, and the fact is that happened on around eighteen minutes. So that that says something in itself about the fact there was nothing really to speak about in the first 20 minutes, right? It was, and I actually thought 
we started okay because I quite like the fact that the tempo we played at was quite good and it felt like we just picked up where we left off against Tottenham system wise I know it, you know it became clear Sabias was playing in that number 10 role um and you know we commented on there being a few funny movements from Aubameyang going wide and often Sabayo seemed like the player who was furthest forward in in the middle but but aside from that funniness you know in that in that aspect it seemed like our tempo was okay um structurally it seemed to make sense we were in control and yeah that that chance happening on 18 minutes from El Arabi route one which was which was terrible like it was just you know that classic moment that we seem to have every game isn't it where it's inexplicable it's obviously something that you you don't necessarily even have to think about in training it's just an outright error um and we were lucky and it was a very good save um and we were lucky and um and then after that as you, as you say Mize, i think there were a couple of chances sabios you know set up probably our two best chances of the first half yeah it was the pepe one where he kind of went through he managed to go around the keeper. Well, I think the keeper saved it, and then he kind of uh, was a weird angle. Probably should have passed. I think on reflection on that one, shouldn't he? Hundred mm, percent. Yeah, I was really disappointed with that one. I just thought. I mean, this is the thing with Pepe, and again, we could get into a long discussion about another one of our players and what we think of of that particular player. But with Pepe, he, he, he's clearly got the talent, right? He's clearly got the ability, and it's so frustrating because. You know, he shows his pace. It's a really well-timed run as well. And obviously, Sabios finds him really well. Um, he manages to, get, manages to get to the ball first. And then, I mean, I don't know why it is... Obviously, he's, he's, his left foot is his strong foot. That's obvi- an obvious thing to say. But it almost felt like he could either have just played a Bamiyang in on his right, uh, with his right foot, sorry. He obviously tried to kind of bend it in with his left and he just completely fluffed a shot. And it's just another one. He had another one in the second half, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um just really, really disappointing. Again, is a game where he's been, he's got a chance to start and just didn't really take it. Um, yeah, just, just quite disappointed with that, really. Yeah, I'd agree. I think with Pepe, like the talent is clear. Yeah, and when he gets it right, you know, sometimes he's unplayable. But I just think his decision making is, yes, yeah, just sometimes it's it's just awful. Like when does he go inside? When does he go outside? And it almost seems like he just does the. He picks a harder option every single time. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it comes off because he, he's actually got the ability to beat two or three people sometimes when he comes inside and turns himself into trouble. But, yeah, he doesn't need to make life difficult for himself. And I and I wonder what Arteta actually thinks of him and his decision-making and what are the conversations he has with him in training. Because, um, yeah, like you said, the talent's there. He's, he's not a bad player. Mm. But, yeah, to go back to... First half, I, you know, I know you guys think we were right. I thought we were pretty rubbish, to be honest. Um, like quality-wise, I know, I know. Like at the end of the first half, like, at the end of the day, the goal was let's get through the tie, right? And nil-nil at the end of the first half is fine, but performance-wise, I thought Sabios had a few good moments, but was largely quite poor on the ball. Actually, to be to be fair, I think everyone, almost every single player, was quite bad. Um, it just looked lazy. It looked tired. It looked like they assumed that the job was done. And that, that does concern me because it, it felt like a mental thing rather than a tactical or quality thing because we were clearly better than them. I did feel, you're right, like in the sense that I, I did feel that we, we made it look like the game was a bit of an inconvenience. Um, it, and 
you know, as I said, okay, fine. I, I was quite happy with how we controlled the game in that first half, but whenever we got the ball with in that final third, and we see this quite often, you know, it's Tierney who's always flying the flag. It felt like Tierney was our best attacking threat for the first 15 minutes. Um, and aside from him, no one was really doing that much. I think Sabias was trying, it felt like Sabias was auditioning. You know, it, it felt like, you know, he was trying to do something. And in fairness, as I said, like I think two of our better chances came from him setting them up. But I, I, look, I do agree with you. I think you used the word clumsy when we talked about it before. And I think that was right. I think, you know, we looked clumsy on the ball. Um, and, but, but it felt like to me, given the situation and given that, you know, we were 3 1 up initially and ultimately we're playing against a team who is coming with the intention of scoring goals. They have to score goals. They've got no other option. And then when you restrict them in the first half to one chance, essentially, which was a route one, it feels like you've managed the game at least quite well from a tactical perspective, from setting up. If that, if you've restricted a team who've come out to score to one route one chance, then in theory, that's okay. But I do agree with you on the ball. I felt like, you know, we, we were off the pace. I think, sorry, just to add, I do have concerns sometimes with the fact that, you know, sometimes in these games, we, you know, we rely on Tierney to be producing on that left-hand side almost all the time. And I really noticed today how Bellerin really struggled to make any kind of similar impact on that right-hand side to the point where it almost, it almost felt he hardly entered the final third. Um, and I don't know if that's a genuine tactical thing that, you know, I think it is because yeah. I think I've noticed it in a couple of games. Maybe didn't notice it in today's game as much, but I feel like we tend to we seem to build up play a lot on the right and almost bring a lot of the players on the pitch over to that side, which creates a space for Tierney and whoever's playing on the left ESR, and then that that outball's always there. Um, not always the case because a lot of the time we do do build up through the middle and then onto the left, and it's a bit of you know that acceleration from Tierney or an overlapping run from ESR, and then Tierney's got the space to kind of run in behind where he seems to cause some damage as well. But yeah, I have noticed that that build up on the right-hand side and the ball gets played out to the left where Tierney's got a bit of space. Hopefully it's tactical. <laughs> from, Bellerin's, yeah, I, from Bellerin's point of view, anyway. Bellerin's going through a bit of a, a difficult period at the moment, I think. With Yeah, he's not starting every game. I don't think it's clear if he's first choice right back anymore because Cedric is playing relatively well. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think either of them are playing that well, but... You know, the fact that you know Bellerin started the season as first choice right back by far, so much so that we shipped out Maitland Niles because we didn't think he would get a game. And now, you know, sometimes he starts, sometimes he doesn't start. Even today he got taken off at about after about 79, 80 minutes, I think, for Chambers. There's something not quite right going on at right back with us. And I, I don't know if that's because you know, you know, it's well documented. Like when Arteta first arrived, like very similar to Pep, he likes having one of those fullbacks that tucks in and can play in midfield. And Bellerin isn't the type of player who's going to sit in central midfield and start dictating play. And perhaps that's why he brought on Chambers because he wanted someone who could sit on midfield. But um, yeah, it's I, I wonder long term if Bellerin is who Arteta wants at right back. It is interesting, isn't it? Because it's almost like and. And maybe the answer is neither, but it's almost like, is he, is Arteta looking at his fullback system and comparing it more to the City system or more to the Liverpool system? And in some ways with Tierney, it looks like more of a Liverpool system because he is 
like Andy Robertson, just on that side, just marauding down, genuine goal threat, always trying to get round to the final third to put balls in, balls in, balls in, balls in constantly, right? And he's got that amazing curved run that he does. Um, but at the same time, if he Liverpool do that on both sides, you've effectively got the same system on both sides. And and like you like you say, I think with City, it's more of a expectation for fullbacks to be able to tuck in. Um, and maybe this is different. Maybe actually Arteta's got his own thing. But I think that's where I struggle to see Bellerin. I struggle to see what his specific role is as a right back in this new um, in this new Arsenal. And, and I think your point about Cedric's interesting because I think we expect less from Cedric. So when he plays well, I think it, it looks like, yeah, well played Cedric. And I think we're still hanging on. Well, I'm still, still hanging on anyway to that Bellerin who was right back in team of the year many, many seasons ago when he had all the promise in the world. Mm. Yes. Um, okay. So, so second half, sorry, we could come out. Uh, Olympiacos probably came out stronger, um, which is probably a bit expected really considering the situation and they obviously needed the goals, um, came out a bit revved up and not too long after the first half started, they got their goal so we lost the ball really high up the pitch, but as soon as we lost it, that was it. It was, I think they had more, Olymp- there was more Olympiacos players running at our defence. I think it was like a 5v3 or a 5v4, something like that. Um, but we seemed to really back off a lot. Um, Louise was backing off a lot all the way into the box. Just nothing, no no one, there was, I don't know what was going on really. We just seemed to allow them to, or El Arabi to come run directly at goal. Um, and obviously scored for a deflected shot, just, and uh, I think at that point, we all started to worry a little bit. What's How's this going to go? This is going to be a repeat of the last time we played them. Yeah, it was a weird one. Um, I think it just, we came out of the second half and it was a bit of a repeat of kind of the themes of the first half where we looked, uh, if anything, even more sloppy and more lazy and more tired than we did in the first half. And it was slow, it was lazy. And yeah, it... it it just seemed like a very uncharacteristic goal for us to concede because usually it's like a major defensive error. And I didn't think it was a major defensive error where someone got it badly wrong. It was more just the team decided to stop defending. And it was a very strange goal for us to concede. Yeah, I, I disagree on a couple of things. Like I, I, I think that, you know, I don't want to go over it again, but I think actually when we started the first half, I felt like we had a plan it looked like we had a plan and it felt like we had um, a tempo. Um, You know, I agree to the point completely where it was a horrible start to the second half. The first five minutes were just, I thought it was embarrassing. We were all over the place. Um, And the other bit I disagree with, I I think Louise was awful for their goal. Like, I think he was really bad. And, And I think he's been really quite good for us recently, actually, and arguably one of our better players recently, to be honest. Um, But if you watch it again, he backs off and backs off. He doesn't even really... It's so casual. It's so casual. The way he just kind of stands there and he's gone, all right, I'm going to put my hands behind my back so I don't concede a, a penalty and I'm just going to sort of stand here and do a little shuffle. And he, it's so easy. At the end of the day, there's, there's, that's, the, 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 that's a typical type of incident which would allow a player to shoot and it might get a deflection and it might go in because yeah. you've not been able to close it down. And... And we deserve to concede defending like that. I thought it was really, really embarrassing. And he should know a lot better. 
Yeah, and I think when I say it, it was a major defensive error, like, I think every goal we conceded, you can probably find fault in. But yeah. it wasn't one where we deliberately shot ourselves in the foot with doing something stupid. It was more of a, that was a symptom of the mentality of the team's performance so far, where it was just like, this is very chill, this is very relaxed, this is very casual. And Luis's defending was just very casual. I think if that was a big game and it was nil-nil, yeah. I don't think Louise will be defending like that. I agree with I, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of worrying, really, to think, think about it like that. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Arteta reacted straight away, didn't he? Made a double substitution, bringing on Thomas Partey and Erdegaard, uh, El Nenny and Ceballos coming off. Uh, Erdegaard looked impressed as soon as he came on. He brought a lot of control to the game, I thought, which... It, it looks like a good sub from Arteta from that perspective. You know, we obviously know his qualities on the ball, um, holds possession really well, picks, generally makes a good decision when he chooses a pass. Um, and we seem to get, despite playing as badly as we did in that second half, we seem to actually get quite a few chances. There was, I mean, I'll just reel them off. The Pepe one where it comes across to him and he makes really good contact, but it unfortunately hits CSR. And I think otherwise that's one's probably going in. Um, the uh, Aubameyang one, where he's clean through on goal and mm-hmm. uh, the less said about that one, the better really. I mean, it was such an awful, awful finish. I don't know if it's one of those where you just had too much time to think about it. But, that's it. Yeah. But even so, I mean, he should have scored at least one today, really. Um, was there another one? There was Odegaard had a chance himself before. Yeah. yeah. Odegaard had one. And after Martinelli came on, obviously there was a red card as well, but we'll talk about that. But Martinelli came on, he set Aubameyang up, didn't he? And Aubameyang had the, kind of back heel shot saved really well by the keeper and then it came back out to him and he just well, yeah went straight over yeah. um obviously yeah had the chances to maybe just shore up the game so it wasn't a nervy ending but i think luckily enough luckily slash probably saw kind of olympiakos's quality really that we weren't really that much more troubled in the second half by them so it ended up being a yeah um, a, a fairly comfortable second half i would say I don't know if you guys agree. Um, there was the sending off so after after Martinelli came on. Raj, you pointed out, didn't you, in the chat, that he made an immediate impact. Yeah. Um, I mean, half jokingly, but I guess at the end of the day, he he did, there was a good run by him, you know, trying to trying to just, he really, really powered through on that left-hand side. And, and I think it was an absolute deserved first yellow card. I think we agreed potentially the second yellow is maybe a little bit harsh. I think, I think if it goes against your team, you're, probably unhappy about that but in the rules of the law it's a it's a yellow card he's not allowed to do that what did he, he threw he just like kind of slapped the ball out of his hand in petulance was that all it was i think he slapped it towards i think he 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 did that but he did it almost at martinelli and then the he, arsenal what the com- commentator said right and i thought right. if he did that yeah it would have been yeah fair enough a second yellow card but if you watch they showed a replay like they didn't show a replay at the time which was quite frustrating okay but about 10 or 15 minutes later if you see what he did all he did was like he hit the ball he just basically threw the ball down in frustration but it it wasn't even that angry he kind of just whacked it on the floor and i don't think it was near martinelli i think it was a but that's interesting because you're right because i mean i didn't show the replay but part of the reason why i thought he must have done that is you saw him apologize to someone on the floor because he kind of he, yeah. he kind of hits it, and then he kind of just goes, "Okay, okay, sorry." I think it's one of those where he's he's done something stupid, and then he's realised, "Oh shit!" Like I shouldn't have done that, and then he's doing the whole apology thing to kind of almost make up for it. 
I, maybe. I think, honestly, if an Arsenal player got a second yellow card for that, I would have been... No, but, <laughs> Tierney kicked the ball away yeah. uh, earlier, about 10, 15, 20 minutes earlier, whenever it was. Like, you know, we, we conceded a foul, ball was on the halfway and he just smashed it and he just got a warning. So, yeah, I yeah. think it was really, really, really harsh sending off. Not that I'm really that bothered. I think the yeah. ref was on a bit of a power, power trip with that one, in my opinion. Um it was desperate. I felt like he desperate. He wanted to do it and he enjoyed that red card. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was very, very harsh. But hey, we'll take it. We need the luck, every bit of luck we can get right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, before that, Mike's getting to all the points that you were talking about in terms of chances created. I think the key takeaway points for me was when Odegaard and Partey came on, we just fundamentally looked like a better team again. <laughs> We're like funda- fundamentally yeah, better side. About, uh, sorry, I was just going to say you say that, but I agree with Odegaard. I'm not sure about Partey. I don't think mm. he had a very good spell, uh, whatever, half an hour, whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, we talked. We, we, he gave away dodgy fouls. He was trying. You know, he does that. I think we talked about this last time. He has that. He has the ability to get the ball out of tight spaces and take players on. But then it does go wrong sometimes. And he did that again near near the edge of the box. I think and gave away possession. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think he had a very good. Um, whatever. Yeah, half an hour. Or so, personally. well, see, I think there's a nuance because you know, as I said, I think we looked a better team, and I think what I mean by that is. When Partey plays, for some reason or the other, it feels like other players elevate. And maybe it's it's kind of because people like Xhaka know that, all right, well, you know, he's there and he can do some of these things. So it felt like as a unit, when they both came on, we just cut, we, as, a, as a collective unit, we got better. But I agree, five minutes into him coming on, he conceded like a really dangerous free really kick. Dangerous, yeah. Really dangerous. Second, second time in two games, he's yeah, done that. The Kane one, yeah. I think to, to your point, Raj, the reason we looked better collectively when Odegaard and Partey came on was mainly because I thought Sabayos and Elneny were pretty terrible. I thought Elneny was all right, to be honest. Really? He was, yeah, I think... He, was, he, was, he didn't do anything wrong. He did some he did some nice things in the first half. Um, yeah, but that's what you expect from him, right? Just that, that's, a solid yeah, all-round Yeah, solid all-round guy. He's never going to do anything great, but he's not going to do anything terrible. Hmm. Yeah, you don't mind having him in the squad, but... You know, I don't think you can really expect much from him. Um, so, yeah, when you bring on a £50 million pound player, you, you kind of expect him to be better than Nelneny, right? <laughs> I'd be a bit concerned if he wasn't, but you're yeah. right. Some of the tackles, just unnecessary, playing ourselves into trouble, playing us into trouble with like a bit of sloppy passing. But then there were a few bits of quality in with it too, right? And he just needs to get... I just feel like he's just not very settled this season. It's been so stop-start. Just needs a run of games, and he needs to get... He would start playing 90 minutes regularly for us to get the best out of him. It's interesting because, do you know there was that interview with him? I think it was an interview, but I remember it was an article in Athletic which really covered his transfer. And it seemed to allude to the fact that him coming to Arsenal, one of the things that has attracted him is almost a promise of being a bit more than just a defensive midfielder. Um, but it's interesting because I think when he's played for us, I I see his better games as when he is playing as this kind of more of a defensive midfielder, to be honest. And he's not trying so much uh, to make things happen, I suppose. Like, I, 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 I think that I wonder whether Arteta's looked at it a little bit and thought he needs to restrain him in some way. Um because I think he's got some way to go if he's going to be able to be a guy for us who's going to be completely box-to-box, 
scoring goals, creating chances, as well as um, you know doing all the defensive work. Maybe it's just time that he needs to adapt. I'm not sure. I I kind of see him as a someone who is going to keep the ball, like keep recycling possession, pick up the play, pick up the ball off defenders, and play it into midfielders, wide players, and just ensure our play is um, like nice and tidy. I like I don't think he's one who's going to get on the highlights reel hmm. like, that often, right? Because I don't think he's going to do anything super spectacular. I don't think he's going to get assists. I don't really expect him to get that many goals. I just think he's someone who you put in the team and then, like you said earlier, the, the whole team functions better because he's moving the ball around a lot better. I, d- and I don't think he's doing that enough yet, but there are certainly signs and there are games where yeah. you think, wow, I'm so glad he's there because... He, what he's doing is something that no one else on the team can give us. A hundred percent. And I think it's without question that regardless of any of the criticisms I think we've said on this, he's still our best central midfielder. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, he is a, he's a quality, quality player. Um, and it, it, yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see how it goes. It'll be see, interesting to see how he gets after he has a period of not being stop start. Like you say, like, you know, a bit of a consistent flow. And also it'll be really interesting to see if next season it is Xhaka who he, really starts with but i think you know for now um you know there's a number of games left obviously uh and he's going to have a huge part to play in our season whatever the case and i just hope that he can stop with these silly fouls um they're in these dangerous areas because that's really not what we need from our experienced central midfielder i agree agreed so we're through to the quarterfinals uh interesting that well i was going to mention something else but we'll i was going to go through the teams that are left um so there's still some a few big teams left in the competition uh granada are through roma are through and then looking at the games that are currently going on united have got about nine minutes to go and they're currently ahead to one on aggregate um rangers are now probably out it looks like uh so slavia prague through villarreal looked through and same with ajax so a few big teams left. Uh, one team that did go out tonight. Olympiakos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Olympiakos. Oh, yeah, a big Greek side went out. And, and there was this minnow from um, the, the the English league who've gone out today. So, yeah, I mean, we may as well talk about it because we've been wanting to for since we started this. So what do we say about Spurs? Wow. What is there left to say about Spurs, really? Wow. You can't make this up, can you? I mean, let, let's be let's be really clear of the context. This team that they've gone out to, they were 2-0 up going into this game. The team's manager is in jail. He's in jail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I heard of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's even worse. He's in, let's be clear. He's in jail for embezzling millions from the club. The president the president is his brother, and his pres and the president is wanted by Interpol. No. This is this is not, oh, mate. This is not a normal club. Like this guy survived multiple assassination attempts. Like there's loads of extradition, requ- you know, kind of request. Like it's it's all an absolute mess. There's like some there's a hilarious story by the way about him and Eduardo. Like about how Eduardo de Silva, when he played for Zagreb, yeah, had to, he took him to court because there was some random clause in his contract which meant that he had to pay fifty percent of his salary to the owner's family for his whole career. What? And then, yeah, it's it's honestly it's bizarre, and, and 
and and Eduardo took him to court and ended up winning. Um, but like this is not a normal club, yeah. As I said, like manager in jail, it's an absolute mess. They're two 0 down and they've just rocked up and then beaten a team with Harry Kane, Gareth Bale, you know, Jose Mourinho as manager. It's an absolute joke. I mean, this is an awful result. This is worse than if we had gone out to Olympiacos tonight, it would have been terrible. It would have been awful, yeah? We we would have probably, like, your, your biggest Arteta defender would have probably still, yeah, he would have been wavering, yeah? yeah. Like, it's a, it would have been huge. This is worse. This is, Zagreb are worse than Olympiacos and we're in an absolute state. There is no way you can lose that game. Sorry, let me rephrase. There is no way you can get knocked out in that situation. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where you start. I think Spurs are such a weird team this year. Um, just because I don't think they're that good. They're they're a team that I think have two very world class players in Kane and Son, and but that is all they are. Mm-hmm. And I think. If those two aren't scoring goals or bailing them out, there is very little substance behind that team from the defence to the midfield to the manager to the way they play. And, you know, the only way Spurs win is by Kane and Son doing something special. And let's be honest, they they are two very, very good players. And mm. They, this season, have been you know, very, very special and fair play to them. But that is it. That is all they are. And you'll recall at the start of the season, Aaron, when we talked about expected goals and Tottenham had had with this a real anomaly, right, where they had scored way more goals than their expected goals suggested. And really that came down to the fact that that Son and Kane, well, Son in particular, I think, was just finishing from situations that he really had no right to finish from. And, you know, and they were so, 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 so clinical. But, you know, there's lots of criticisms about using expected goals, but I think expected goals are interesting in this case because they prove to be true. And ultimately, when those guys stopped being super, super clinical, well, it just dropped off a cliff, the amount of goals that they scored. Because uh, they just weren't they weren't playing, like you say, there was nothing really much more to their game. And like it's it's a real there there's a lot of players in that team who are worth a decent whack. Yeah. Bergwine is worth a decent whack. In Dombele was they paid a lot of money for. Like you these say worth worth a decent whack. So, so I, I mean, they bought sorry, them they bought them. They bought yeah, them. Okay. They bought them yeah. for good money. I, I apologize. Yeah, they bought them for good money. And you know, you've gone and loaned this club legend who has won all kinds of crazy things and is on a five hundred k a week or whatever it is. Like this is gross mismanagement. It's it's awful. Like it's terrible. And for for a situation where they were you know very doing very well in the league to where they are now and getting knocked out like this where you've hired a manager where clearly this is no this is no long-term build this was a come in and win a trophy and put us on the map they didn't mean the league cup no the league cup wasn't what they were talking about and they're they're in the league cup final still fair enough but they got man city and it'll take a miracle for them to beat man city let's be honest even though i know they've beaten them once this season but it will take a miracle for them to beat them like the way things are now and then you've got to look at it and they go there's no saving grace because at least with Arsenal right now what we can say is this is a rebuild and we've hired a manager with that in mind and we can see progression in in what what's happening at the club but M- Mourinho wasn't that 
and Tottenham are not meant to be in that phase. And it was so predictable, wasn't it? Sorry, I was going to say it's so predictable. I mean, there was obviously going to be some initial success, not in terms of trophies, but, you know, in terms of performances and results, he'll get the team playing. But you could see this coming a mile off. And like you said, how key Kane and Son are to them. Son didn't play today, right? I think he was injured yeah, for the Arsenal game. Injured, I mean, yeah. it, not, surpri- not surprising then in, in, in that sense they put in a poor, poor performance. Sorry, Aaron. No, I just wonder what, what Spurs fans feel, right? Just... <laughs> You know, do they? So I, I, I've got, I've got a few Spurs friends. My brother's a Spurs. What? Fan. Yeah, I've got <laughs> friends. A um, couple of good mates. Yeah, I've got actually know quite a few. Um, they, they were, they didn't seem all that surprised to be honest. And I think they just put it down to Jose. They, they said that he, he approached this game in quite a defensive manner. I think he was. I didn't, I didn't see the game. I only saw a couple of the goals, so um, can't really comment for myself. But yeah, the, the kind of view I got, the opinion I got was, yeah. They came in happy to protect a 2-0. Um, and, he, and they said it was quite similar to what happened in the Arsenal game where they didn't offer anything. And then the last 10 minutes, they went kind of all out. And we obviously ended up sitting back and taking on a lot of pressure. And, but obviously, it's completely different, right? Because the quality of the opposition it shouldn't, it shouldn't mm. be the case. Um, but they didn't seem really that surprised. I think they <laughs> maybe expected it as well. Yeah, it's like Raj said, right? With us, you can see we are on a journey. and. You know, I personally think that trend is definitely upwards. With with Jose, they banked on now. This isn't uh, he's one of the highest paid managers in the world. Mm-hmm. They've given a contract till twenty twenty three, I think. Um, they brought him in to deliver now. Jose isn't someone who builds legacies. He isn't someone who brings through academy prospects. He's someone who buys relatively expensive players and squeezes the most out of them for two years, wins the trophy. And the third season, it all goes horribly wrong. But you've had enough success in those two years that you think, oh, well, it was fun while it lasted. And then you sack him and then you get someone else. But he hasn't delivered anything. This is the second season when it's all supposed to work out well. And yeah, they could win the League Cup. And you know, for them, that's probably success. But is that really worth... This is like Kane and Son's peak years. This is when they are going to be at their absolute best. These are the two best players in the no, you know, I don't want to say the history because I don't know a lot about them, but in the last 20, 30 years, right? They're, they're going to leave soon and they're going to go and win trophies. And I, I would be very worried if I was Spurs fans about not today in isolation, but more the direction of where they're going, which is very standstill. The other thing I say, Aaron, to add to all that, because I think everything you just said is spot on, is I still... and. I think maybe there's a little bit of bias coming in here, but like I don't think it is. I, I still don't think Tottenham are a huge... The club name isn't a massive pool for players in itself, okay? And so I think that they are in a very precarious situation because it doesn't look like they'll finish in the top four. Yeah, they probably won't. And they clearly can't, can't you know, win the Europa League. Therefore, they're not going to be in the Champions League this next season. They're probably not going to be in the Champions League next season. I think that puts them in a very difficult position. I'm not really sure how many players are going to go, good players are going to say, well, I want to go play Europa League football at Tottenham. And like to your point, how much longer are Kane and Son going to go, yeah, let's stick it out? Um, How how much longer? So I do think it's a very precarious situation. I, I think when Arsenal were in the, you know, been playing Europa League football, we still had pull. Mm. You know, and I don't think they'll have that. 
do you um do you guys think or what do you think for Jose in terms of his future and do you think he could be off this summer? Do you think he could potentially go before the end of the season or do you think they'll stick with I him? Don't, I don't think they could afford to sack him. I think, you know, Spurs aren't, they're pretty skint just like we are. And Mourinho is on silly money. Uh, I simply don't think they can afford to pay 30, 40 million to sack him two years early. Exactly that. I think it's exactly that. I think if it wasn't for that, they'd be sacking him now. If it were because because if the if if money wasn't an issue, then you'd sack him now and hope that one another manager will come in and you've got a you know half decent squad of players. Maybe there'll be a reaction. You might be able to claw your, your way up the table a little bit, maybe. And clearly, you know, get someone who can build a style and maybe you know be more long term. But they can't afford to. I think to that point, Aaron, they simply cannot afford to sack this guy. So do you, do you think do you think if you're Jose Mourinho and let's just say one of Kane or Son goes this summer, right? A big bid comes in for him from a bigger club and one of them goes, which is quite likely, I think, could very very well happen. Jose Mourinho, and, and then Levy turns around to him and says, look, we haven't, got the, we haven't got the money, you know, we're not in the Champions League now, we haven't got the money to go and essentially replace, apart from what we've just maybe taken in for someone like Son. Um, almost got, like, you're going to have to work with what you've got and we'll get a couple of players in, but, you know, it's not going to be at the level of who you've just lost, essentially. Do you think Jose will want to carry on with that? I say project, it's not a project, but do you think Jose would want to carry on? I know he'd obviously be getting the paycheck, but it's not like there wouldn't be other clubs that would probably want to take, would want to have him. Would there though? What other clubs do you think go for Jose Mourinho right now? Which clubs need Jose Mourinho right now? Not in the Premier League. I mean, I don't, I was thinking more outside of the Premier League and I wasn't thinking of one of the, top top clubs hmm. but I don't know I just don't know what would be appealing to him to stay at Spurs apart from just collecting his paycheck well, that's it I don't think or do you think that is it yeah do you think that I is think it Jose, Jose's, he's, he's perfectly happy he's getting paid a lot of money I, for me Spurs getting rid of Poch and getting Jose in is honestly one of the worst decisions I've ever seen because for us it's fantastic because they were just about to say the yeah, right. they were happen, yeah. they were such a top club on the up. They just made the Champions League final. Like they were so close to winning, well, not so close, but relatively close to winning the Champions League, and they got rid of Poch. And maybe you could argue when he got sacked, they were they were doing pretty badly. But to bring in a short term manager when you're on the verge, you had two world class players, and you just all you need to do is supplement them with a little bit of quality and you would have gone on to win more things just seems crazy to me. I, you know, I actually think Daniel Levy is actually quite a good chair chairman in terms of the way he runs Spurs, gets a lot of money from Spurs and like manages their player contracts really well. But what was he thinking with getting Mourinho in? It felt like one of the, you know, it's like someone going to a casino and just winning more money than they've ever won before. Yeah. And and suddenly going down a little bit, and in, and instead of going, maybe I should leave at this point. Going, no, 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 I've got, you know, I'm going, I'm on the up. Yeah, I can do this. And just doubling down, and it was just ridiculous. Because, like you say, I think they should have just accepted. Okay, we're going to have to deal with this period, this season. Pochettino's, you know, he's probably not doing that very well this season, but he's clearly a very talented manager, and he got us the Champions League last season. We got to just grin and bear it, and whatever but they got so greedy to think they should sack him and bring in a short-term manager like you say like 
what is that? That's greed, mate. That's not, and I don't understand how it reconciles with their financial situation either. Hmm. What yeah, did they? Exactly. What did they think was going to happen? Like in a best case scenario, okay, I guess what they hope for best case scenario is they win one of the big trophies, um, and maybe you know that brings in money that helps kind of attract more players. I don't know, but they are really massively in debt. 480 million or whatever i think massively like massive debts it's not a time surely where you need to make jose Mourinho type decisions hmm. well long may it continue for us i guess um so yeah i mentioned the teams that are left uh united have gone through now that's confirmed um any preferences for the next round not united or ajax don't play ajax hopefully they get they get each other would you want Zagreb? Well, why not? Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, like I, like I think I'd fancy us to be. Even if we got Man United, I would be optimistic. I'd go in there and I'd, okay. I'd, I'd be opti- I'd be optimistic in the sense that I would think that if we play to the way that we can play, look, we played them twice this season. We won one and drew one. Okay. Like we've got a decent record against good sides, and they're they're a, they're a good side, not a great side. They're a good side, okay. Um, and I I think fine today we were a bit second geary, and I think what today proved is we're not yet a team that can play in second gear and win games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when we get it right, and when the when the coach gets it right, which he seems to do, you know, more often than not at the moment, and then when the players can like step up. Uh, which they do. It feels like we're doing at the moment in the bigger games. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'd feel I'd feel relatively optimistic. I'm not saying confident. Confident would indicate, like, I assume that you know, yes, easy, we're going to win. But yeah, I, I, I like what we're getting. I, I think if Tottenham had stayed in, they were my biggest worry. Mm. Ho- Jose Mourinho over two legs was my biggest worry. Yeah, I think United are another weird team this year in fact that again i don't think they're very good but they are very good at winning games this year they're, they're very good at winning games without playing particularly well and picking up points where perhaps they don't deserve to win or they aren't playing that well but they'll find a way to win and it's actually quite impressive the way Solskjaer's got them just picking up points through like 10 minute spells of just being good good enough and then not doing anything stupid and I think against us, they will probably do the same where I can see it being one of those games where we play really well. We create loads of chances, but miss loads of chances and they go up the other end and, and score and then just keep it tight and go through. So I don't want to play United. Do Man United right now under Solskjaer remind you at all of Wenger's latter sort of years? Hmm. In the in the sense that, you know, he... he We'd finish fourth constantly through just winning enough games. We just win games that we should be winning. We do enough. We just do enough. We just do enough. But when you looked at us, you could quite clearly see the frailties. You could. We didn't. We never seemed like a top side, you know, in those those years when we were kind of just scraping fourth every season. But you looked at it and you were like, well, well, we're still we're still winning enough games to finish fourth. Uh, And United remind me of that a little bit now when I look at them, like they find ways of winning a lot of games. Yeah. The difference, you're, you're right. There is a similarity there. I guess the difference is United are so reliant on one player, whereas I don't think we were. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, true. True. 
True. But I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, yeah. There is a similarity there. Okay. Uh, the other team that sort of stands out, Villarreal, because that, is that Emery's team? It is. Hmm. So that could be an interesting one. I wouldn't be wow. if drew them because that would be, uh, yeah, that would be really interesting. Wow. I completely they're forgot. Well in, they're doing quite well in the league, are they? I, I think uh, last... Fifth, fifth, they started off really well. I think they're like yeah. fifth or sixth now. So that could wow. be... Uh, Just that would Granada, be a, a really, really interesting time. Oh, right. Okay. The Granada are through as well. Cool. Okay, boys. Well, yeah, it was a good night for Arsenal, even though we actually lost on the night through. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh Again, if you enjoy the episode, please hit the thumbs up button. We really, really do appreciate it. It helps support the channel and share us with any of your Arsenal friends or people that you know. Uh, Brilliant. All right, boys, we'll be back soon to preview our game against West Ham on Sunday. Great. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Next time. Bye-bye.